is up everybody and welcome back once again for the first time in a long time to my two cent on love episode three and we're going to talk today about some self-improvement as well as relationship improvement because we can't grow together if we aren't growing individually i'm your host montique and today's topic is on recognizing your own toxic traits now in the last episode we talked about finding yourself and finding out the passions and things that you love about yourself but this time I want to look at the other side of that. What are your toxic traits? It's always easy to look at somebody else and point at them and say, okay, this is what they do wrong. These are the mistakes that they've made. But how often do you look in the mirror, point at that person and say those same things? That's what today is about. Now, keep in mind, we're all human beings. And as such, we have flaws and we fall laughably short of perfection. And that's okay. Because like I said, we're only human. But the main thing is recognizing what those flaws and toxic traits are, then doing the work to correct those. So today we're going to talk about the traits themselves, the signs that it might be your toxic trait and what you can do to work on it. One thing I want us to focus on with this as well is why. It's not necessarily about what you do. It's about why you do it. And that reason can be the difference between toxicity and something else. But until we know what those reasons are, and we can find it within ourselves, we can't get. First toxic trait we're going to talk about today is dishonesty. Now, dishonesty is when you have a relaxed relationship with the truth. You might feel the need to lie or hide things that you're doing with friends and partners. You might often feel as if the truth isn't good enough. Most importantly, you may not even feel bad after telling a lie. Now, if that's you, one of your toxic traits may be dishonesty. If you find yourself telling multiple lies a day and not feeling bad for it, that could be indicative of an even larger issue, such as being a compulsive liar, of which the only option for treatment is psychotherapy. Also keep in mind that people with narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial disorder also tend to use lies as a way of manipulation. Now, that does not mean that you have one of those things, but it is very important that you're conscious of your mental health and why you do the things that you do. Again, the why is always important. Some signs that this may be your toxic trait is if people tend to not trust you with things or they make remarks about how you lie. Or if you find that people don't necessarily talk to you or are really open to you, this is also an indication of that. Now, what does that say about you if you're dealing with that toxic trait of compulsive lying and what can you do about it? Well, research says that compulsive lying comes out of low self-esteem and a false sense of self. I'll add one to that and say a big part of lying is fear. It's fear of the truth, fear of the consequences of what will people think? What will people say? How would they react to you? Would they still like you? All of these things, all these fears are very real things that people use as an excuse to lie. One of the main things you can do when it comes to that, because like I said, compulsive lying could come from low self-esteem or a false sense of self. One of the main things you can do is go on that journey of finding yourself. Because if you feel the need to lie in order to be relevant or in order to feel better about you, then more than likely there's an unhappiness there that needs to be addressed. Our next toxic trait that we're going to talk about today is negativity. Now, if you find yourself thinking more about problems and not the solution to those problems, chronic negativity might be something that you're dealing with. So ask yourself, are you seeing the world in particular as cruel, cold and evil? And are you frequently complaining to people about things going on in the world 
and or in your life. You think back to your last few conversations with friends or loved ones, or you tend to have more negative energy. If you said yes to any of those things, you may be somebody whose trait is negativity. What are some signs that might be you? If you've been called a party pooper or a negative Nancy, or if people remind you to remain positive a lot or look at the bright side of things often, that could also be a sign that you might be a negative person. You have to think back to how many times you've said things to people and how many times they might roll their eyes at you or saying something negative. These are all signs that you could be that negative person. Also, if people are distancing themselves away from you and spending less and less time with you or even alluding to you draining them or being tired when you talk to them, that could also be a sign. Now, how do you remedy that? If you feel like you may be negative, one of the best things you can do for yourself is figure out the root of that negativity. What has you thinking the way that you are? Now, again, you could be suffering from clinical depression, so it's imperative to pay attention to your mental health and how you feel at all times so that you can help combat certain negative feelings. Some ways to combat that are to write it out instead of thinking, because overthinking with a negative mind can be your worst enemy. But instead of being your worst enemy, be your own best friend. Take yourself out and do something you love to do. Make a conscious effort to find things to love and appreciate that are in your life and take time out twice a day to say aloud to yourself two things that you really enjoy about your life. Now, if you struggle to do that, negativity might be something that you're dealing with. As a matter of fact, if you struggle to say four things a day that you like about your life, Negativity is most definitely something that you're dealing with. And one of the things that you might want to do is to seek professional help to see if you do suffer from clinical depression or a mental health issue. Now, I do recognize that we're touching on mental health issues a good bit with these toxic traits. However, it's important to know that whether it's you or somebody you know and love, mental health is very real and a very prevalent issue that can manifest itself in many ways, some of which are in these toxic traits. But it's really important to ask yourself the hard questions and do the work needed to improve, because, again, we're all in this to get better. The next toxic trait we're going to talk about is taking no responsibility. Now, unfortunately, we all know people who never see the fault in their own actions. It's always someone else's fault and they never apologize. So ask yourself, when is the last time you have apologized? Because if you can't think of many times when you yourself have said the words, I'm sorry. And if you think about the top issues you're having and blame those all on other people and outside forces, not taking responsibility may be your toxic trait. Now, what does that say about you? A big part of that is a lack of maturity. Sometimes our upbringing, we could be coddled too much. And thus we can be told things aren't our fault. And that's something that rolls over to our adult lives, affecting romantic relationships, as well as friendships and familial relationships as well. Some signs that that might be your toxic trait is if people point out to you that you never think you're wrong or that you never apologize or sarcastically call you perfect or say that everybody can't be you, then that may mean you suffer from taking no responsibility. One way to remedy this is to be more open to listening to people's gripes about you and asking how you can make it better. One of the main problems people have is they'll have problems with someone and then they'll just apologize for it without actually asking what will make that OK. Sometimes you need to go to somebody and say, how can I make this better? What do you need to squash this? Because sometimes sorry is not enough. Sometimes it is. 
It all depends on the person and we're all different. But one thing about people is more than likely they'll tell you exactly what they're needing and then you can act on it accordingly from there. Rolling along. Our next toxic trait we're going to talk about is being judgmental. Now, in the world we live in today with Instagram and Facebook, access to people's daily lives and blogs, it's easy to look at something that somebody's doing and to judge them based on that, what they're showing you their life is all about. Are you judging people on how they're living their own life? And do you find it hard to not tell somebody what they're doing is wrong, even when it doesn't affect you? Do people come to you to voice their opinions openly or is it like pulling teeth to get information about them? If so, this might be your toxic trait. Now, what does that say about you? This toxic trait could be caused by a lack of self-esteem. Most people will feel the need to judge other people, either judge themselves too harshly or feel the need to have to pull others down to stand on their shoulders. So this could cause partners in a relationship to feel like they don't have a safe place to go with you, even when they need to talk. And by result, it could lead to secrecy and standoffishness. So a couple of signs to see if this is your toxic trait is if you heard people mention that you judge people too much or asking if you feel similar to them as you do about whoever you're talking about. That could be indicative of being judgmental. Now, what I mean by that is sometimes you'll be talking about somebody else and somebody will be like, well, wow, do you feel that way about me, too? If you've heard that before, that might be a sign that you're judgmental. Ways to work on that is to empathize where other people are coming from. Remember, everybody's the hero of their own story. And if you're continually bashing that very real part of their life, you'll probably cease to be a part of it because they'll probably not want to have anything to do with you because of it. We have to have empathy about people's position because again it's not about what people do it's about why they do it and if we find out the why we find out who the person is and that's including yourself now the next toxic trait is being very quick tempered this can be a bit of a red flag as well as part of a deeper mental health issue that might need to be addressed so do you fly off the handle when things don't go your way and is it relatively easy to get you to go from zero to a hundred if so then this might be your toxic trait What this says about you is you might struggle to internalize and think things through. It also can come from a multitude of places like prior trauma, repressed memories, or like I said before, mental health issues. One of the signs of this being your toxic trait is if people say they have to walk on eggshells around you because of your temper, or if people close to you exhibit a fear of making you angry, then that might be something that you're suffering from. Now, remedies for this include taking a time out when you feel yourself getting angry and then coming back later to address it. There's nothing wrong with taking time out or walking away from something and coming back with a clear head. You can also begin sticking with I statements to accept responsibility for your part of things, because the more you talk about what somebody else has done and keep that focus outward, the more your anger can grow. Taking responsibility and looking inward can be a good way to deal with anger and help it simmer down. Also, another part is thinking before you speak and or lash out and finding a healthy outlet for your anger. Now, needless to say, this is one of those that can become dangerous if kept unchecked. So if you find yourself wanting to cause harm to others, please seek the proper help, including looking into anger management and mental health professionals. People are around to help you no matter how out of control The next toxic trait we'll discuss today is gaslighting. Now, gaslighting may very well be the least correctly used word in the English language, but gaslighting is when you invalidate someone's emotions and manipulate them into questioning their own sanity. Examples of things that people say to gaslight are saying things like you're being paranoid, you're overreacting, that never happened, you're making this up, you've always been crazy, it's your fault. 
If you find yourself saying these things or if people have told you that you make them feel crazy or if you're guilty of downplaying others' emotions, your toxic trait might be gaslighting. Now, as with most things, gaslighting comes on a spectrum and you can do it unintentionally or you could be using it as a form of manipulation. But it's imperative that you look into whether you've consistently said or done any of the things above and how often you do them. Because if you do them more often, more than likely, that's something that you definitely need to address. Now, reasons for gaslighting is mostly narcissism. It's one thing to love yourself, but when that turns into invalidating others' emotions and opinions to suit your own version of events, that's when it becomes a bigger problem that'll lose you far more people then it will ever help you gain. This is going to cause your partner to deteriorate and lose all trust in you. Gaslighting in relationships often lead in lots of arguments and harmful things being said. If you think you are a gaslighter, things to do in order to remedy that or to take time to listen to things that people are saying to you. And before speaking, ask yourself, whose opinion is that really that's in your head? People are allowed to have their version of events based on their perception. And you might be just seeing a six where they're standing on the other side and seeing a nine. So go around to their side, listen to what they have to say, and don't resort to questioning their mental capacity because of a difference in opinion. Now our next toxic trait is a lack of empathy. Empathy itself involves the ability to understand what other people are experiencing. So that plays a role in building social connections and promotes pro-social behaviors. However, there are people who lack empathy altogether. A couple of signs of lacking empathy if you victim blame, if you don't forgive people for making mistakes, if you feel like other people are too sensitive, if you're not listening to other people's perspectives or their opinions, and you lack patience for other people's emotional reactions, this might be your toxic trait. Some of the signs that you are being unempathetic towards people is people might say that you don't care how they feel or you only care about yourself. A couple of other ways to find out if you are not very empathetic. It's to ask yourself, do you have a hard time picking up on the emotions of other people around you? Is it hard to imagine how you would feel as if you were in someone else's shoes? And are you indifferent when you see other people experiencing hardships? Depending on how you feel about those questions, you may lack empathy towards people. And one of the more interesting things that I found about this is that the causes of a lack of empathy is largely influenced by genetics and socialization. Therefore, depending on who you are and your lineage and your family and how many people you've been around in different situations and different classes and things like that, that can determine how empathetic you are towards somebody's situation. Because a big part of that is seeing those things, experiencing them yourselves or through other people that you're close with, and then understanding what comes of that. One way to gain some empathy is to observe people. Spend time noticing what other people are doing and think about the emotions or thoughts that might be driving those actions. How would you feel if you were in that same situation? And are there aspects of that situation that you haven't considered? Are there things that you can do to help? These are all things, again, going back to that why, it's not just what happens, it's why it happens. And if you look at the why and try to understand that why, then you can begin to gain empathy for people around you. Next on the list of toxic traits, we have impatience. They say that patience is a virtue, but there's a lot of people who don't have it. Maybe you're one of those. Impatience. Can range and show itself in a lot of different ways, whether it's waiting on a text, moving too fast in a relationship, or anything along those lines. Patience can be a huge factor in your life. A couple of signs that you may be impatient is if you feel the need to double text people or if you tend to move to the next step in relationships really fast. 
Those are two of the quickest ways to know how patient you are with things. Because if you're antsy and you just can't really handle waiting for things, then yeah, being impatient might be your toxic trait. Patience can be put on a spectrum. We all get impatient at times. We all get impatient waiting on people, waiting on things, whatever that may be. So just because you may experience parts of that don't mean that's exactly what you're going through. Again, everything that we're talking about is on a spectrum and it's for you. Just police yourself. Sometimes that it might be your toxic trait is if people are actively telling you to be more patient and that you move too fast or they're making comments about how they should move around you and things like that. Those could be signs that impatience is your toxic trait. A couple of things you can do to remedy that are to be mindful of the things that make you impatient and to actively stay away from those things if you can. Also, you might want to test yourself. Make yourself wait. Stop doing things that aren't as important. And one big part is practicing gratitude. Because let's say if you get impatient because of texting, maybe that person's busy. Be more empathetic of what they're going through. And also, don't be quick to react. One of the easiest things you can do when you're impatient is just wait for a few minutes. And most of the time, that situation will remedy itself and stop you from having lots of problems. Not everything is going to be perfect and you shouldn't expect it to. Leave room for error and allow yourself and others to make mistakes. A lot of people don't know this, but the very first batch of chocolate chip cookies were made by mistake. A lady by the name of Ruth Wakefield was making chocolate cookies for her guests at the Toll House Inn when she realized she was out of chocolate. So what did she do? She finessed. She chopped up a block of Nestle chocolate that she had and thought it would melt evenly throughout the cookies, making them chocolate cookies. But what happened, obviously, is that She ended up making the very first batch of chocolate chip cookies by accident, which changed the cookie game forever. This goes to show that even when things don't go to plan, they can turn out pretty damn good. With that being said, accidents and imperfections are okay, and it's how we figure things out. Because we learn very little when everything goes right, and we learn a lot when things go wrong. So stop being a perfectionist, learn to accept things as they are, and don't be so quick to change everything, even if you feel like it may be for the better. Another thing to do is to work on your self-esteem and anxiety. Oftentimes needing to be in that much control of friends and partners is because you may feel unworthy as a person or that people wouldn't want to spend time with you if you didn't show your worth by controlling every aspect of everything. It could also be that you're anxious, thinking of the worst that could happen in any given situation, and that's what drives you to take control so that you prevent the worst from happening. Some things you can do to try to manage your anxiety is through meditation, yoga, or cutting back on the caffeine. Obviously, if your anxiety issues are extreme, then there are mental health professionals that can help guide you through that. When it comes to the low self-esteem, take time to write down five to ten things that you absolutely need to work on. Now, let's say that you don't feel attractive at all or you don't feel smart or that you feel useless. Well, write down that you're good looking, along with saying that you're intelligent and needed. Then when you get up in the morning, recite those things to yourself in the mirror. Say, I'm good looking. I'm intelligent. I'm needed. And say it in a way that the person looking back at you in that mirror believes it. Lastly, when it comes to being controlling, another thing you can do to work on that is work on giving up control. Having control all the time creates a weight on your shoulders. It's almost impossible to lift and it can create pressure and exhaustion. But in our life and relationships, we all need help. So give up some of that control and allow people to take the reins from you so that you lessen those stresses that you add to yourself. So start small and delegate things to other people without micromanaging it. Start asking for help and begin to believe in other people. Also start listening to other people instead of constantly interrupting them and overriding them with your ideas. Let them finish what they have to say 
and let them be themselves too, because they have a right to control over their lives. Well, look at that. We've made it to the last one for the day. The last one dovetails into being controlling, but I felt this one was warranted to have its own little section. So ask yourself, how often do you use reverse psychology? How often do you use guilt trips in order to get a certain reaction from people? And how often have you been called a finesser? If the answer is anything but never, one of your toxic traits may be manipulation. Manipulation is defined as any attempt to sway someone's emotions in order to get them to act or feel a certain way. Or it could be defined as trying to trick someone into doing something for you or behaving a certain way without coming straight out and saying it. Instead, trying to get them to do it without them knowing it. This is considered to be one of the most harmful traits someone can have. Interestingly enough, it's often one that people don't want to improve on because of the fact that a manipulative person is usually getting what they want and feel superior because of it. Now, like anything else, not all manipulation is toxic, but think about if you and your partner are sitting in the living room watching a movie and you say something like, Don't you think it would be nice if we had ice cream and chips to go with this movie? Trying to get them to go and do those things for you. Or, instead of saying that you want lunch, you go and you tell a co-worker, I really wish I had enough money to pick me up a burger from the burger truck right down the street. Those are ways a lot of people try to be manipulative to get what they want, and there's a reason they don't ask directly, but we'll get to that part shortly. Where it bridges on toxic manipulation is when you're trying to deeply affect someone to do something. One of the main ways in a relationship is saying something like, Nobody else will ever do these things for you. That's the way of making yourself seem important and try to push them down so that they feel like they need you in their lives. Another toxic manipulation trick is if you tend to make people feel guilty because manipulators tend to be masters at guilt tripping in order to make someone feel bad for something. Everyone makes mistakes, but if you're actively throwing mistakes in someone's face in order to make them feel guilty so that they're indebted to you, then you're being manipulative. One of the ways that's done is doing what's called keeping score. Let's say that you have a friend that you bought a hot dog for on Monday, then you helped them jump their car on Tuesday, then on Wednesday you were their designated driver. Well, let's say on Friday, you want a babysitter and you ask them and they say no. And so you go, what about when I went to help you with your flat tire or when I got you that hot dog or when I was your DD because you wanted to get lit on a Wednesday night? That's how manipulative people sound, by the way. But if you do that, trying to get them to do something you want, then that's also a sign of toxic manipulation. Now, back to what I mentioned before about why they don't ask directly. Manipulative people find it harder to be direct about what they want because they don't want that something to be used against them like they use it against others. For example, that friend from earlier, instead of them asking you for a jump on their car, they might text you and ask how you're doing. And then when you say, I'm good, how are you? They go, oh, my God, I'm terrible. I'm stranded because my car needs to be jumped and I don't know what I'm going to do. So you go to the rescue and later on you bring up that you helped them out with their car and they say, I never asked you to do that. You came and jumped my car on your own. It's things like that that turn manipulation toxic. Now, what do you do if you feel like one of your toxic traits is manipulation? First is to treat people the way you want to be treated. It's a fair assessment that you probably wouldn't want someone playing mind games with you in order to get what they want. So work on being more direct with people, even when it's not comfortable. Learn to take no for an answer and don't keep score. Just because you've done something for somebody does not entitle you to anything. My mom used to always say to do things because you want to do them not because you want something in return later. That's a good place to start if keeping score or guilt tripping is something that you do. And lastly, engage in therapy. Manipulation usually has deep-rooted causes, and working with a professional to sort those things out and begin the healing process is usually a needed step because we can't be good in relationships if we aren't good ourselves. Well, everybody, that has been my two cents on love, and thank you for sticking around and listening. Uh, a little homework for today is to really sit 
and evaluate yourself. What are your toxic traits or what are three things you plan on doing to get better? We can never be perfect, but we can identify ways you fall short and work on that. Because again, we can't be better in a relationship if we aren't better individually. Thank you again for listening. Until next time. Peace. It's things like that that turn manipulation toxic. Now, what do you do if you feel like one of your toxic traits is manipulation? First is to treat people the way you want to be treated. It's a fair assessment that you probably won't want someone playing mind games with you in order to get what they want. So work on being more direct with people, even when it's not comfortable. Learn to take no for an answer and don't keep score. Just because you've done something for somebody does not entitle you to anything. My mom used to always say to do things because you want to do them not because you want something in return later. That's a good place to start if keeping score or guilt tripping is something that you do. And lastly, engage in therapy. Manipulation usually has deep-rooted causes and working with a professional to sort those things out and begin the healing process is usually a needed step because we can't be good in relationships if we aren't good ourselves. Well, everybody, that has been my two cent on love and thank you for sticking around and listening. Uh, A little homework for today is to really sit and evaluate yourself. What are your toxic traits or what are three things you plan on doing to get better? We can never be perfect, but we can identify ways you fall short and work on that. Because again, we can't be better in a relationship if we aren't better individually. Thank you again for listening. Until next time. Peace.